there's plenty uh, there uh, as chair. I've got the first question. Ambassador. <sighs> great name. Your, great your, name. It's technically Your Excellency. Actually. Is it? Is it? Is it? So are you visiting a foreign country at the moment? I am. Therefore, I can break the law with impunity. I killed a tramp outside. Did you? Did you? <laughs> I um, always make that joke and I always get told off. It's probably been tweeted already, is yep. that right? Yeah. Um, but I am I'm intrigued. Very sorry. But I am intrigued by the title, though, because it does conjure in my mind mm. the idea, for whatever reason, and perhaps you'd like to comment upon it, that the government is wary of being too heavy-handed. Would you? What do you think about that? Actually, the title, the reason for the title is is uh, slightly crazier than that. I, I've been advising the, the government uh, in various different departments and, and Downing Street for, for quite a few years, and, and I gave a, um, a seminar at Number 10 a couple of years ago where I, where I talked about the idea of cyberspace, you know, the internet, um, as being somewhere which doesn't really fit into the org chart of government. And specifically, I was talking at, at that moment, I was talking about um, foreign policy. This was before the Arab Spring, but it was around, you know, that, that sort of stuff was bubbling up. And, and I suggested that, that it was a very good idea that, that, to, um, that we treat cyberspace as a, as a, as a country. And, we have, and that, that the government was to, uh, to appoint an ambassador to cyberspace. And um, this sort of resonated, but the... the um, are, we, are we off the record? Um, no. No. Uh, no, no. Um, the, basically, the um, basically the 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 the, uh, the opinion was that a certain very high-ranking, very very high, a super, uh, the prime minister wasn't um, <laughs> wasn't uh, he, he, the prime minister isn't um, is, is you know isn't um, what was the phrase was used isn't comfortable with abstract notions of sovereignty. Or something like that. And so basically, um, you can't be an ambassador to, a, to an abstract noun. And so, uh, so the idea was that, as I give technical advice to the government, um, and because it was in his gift to make that position, uh, and because Tech City is a place, then... <laughs> that he's never visited. That it, no, he hasn't. No, I'm joking. No, absolutely. Joking, he definitely has visited. Um, and because there was a, a spare you know, micro-scooter in the number 10 car park with a flag on the front of it, <laughs> Um, I became ambassador to, to Tech City. <laughs> Fabulous. <Yeah. laughs> okay, floor questions. Sir Kevin. I was intrigued by the sort of line you took, and it's very, very refreshing. But um, can I just sort of take you a bit further in this direction of the relationship between the enterprises that are at the heart of this, as well as Around them. 
and gestures like, you know, doing good things in schools or doing good things in the health service are only going to be useful if they are sustainable. Mm. And they'll only be sustainable if those companies and corporations and entrepreneurs actually generate long-term viable businesses. And so I've been one of those people who said, well, I know what you mean by all this social responsibility, and I feel myself as committed to society as anybody else, but I worry a little bit that sometimes once we get into sort of gesture politics, very difficult to get out of because of political correctness, which actually is not quite the same as focusing on generating growth, jobs, wealth, which actually enables the other things to work more efficiently. And I'm not sure if I'm trying to criticize what you're saying. No, no, in fact, I think... I'm just trying to offer a, a sort of dimension which might complement so many more things. Yeah, thank you for that. I, I, so it's an interesting thing, isn't it? Corporate social responsibility. Because on the one hand, you could say it's a really good thing that, that corporations who... If you take the view that a corporation is, is, has a duty to, to maximize its profit and return for its shareholders, or, or however you want to... You know, it's fiscal duties, fiduciary duties, you know. Um, and, and to do that by any means necessary which may or may not have an adverse social effect, even though it's fulfilling its duties as part, uh, under its charter, as it were, um, and to offset some of that adverse social effect by putting 0.1% you know, of its profits into something, whether you know, a tombola at the local primary school or whatever, whatever the corporate social responsibility thing is. Um, the very fact that corporate social responsibility exists at all could be seen as a... As a as a balance, uh, admittedly uh, a very imperfect balance, but a balance against the, the evil that the corporations do to, to be. Now, you could, you could make the case that actually corporate research, the concept of corporate social responsibility is kind of like the concept of, of Catholic confession, right? You can do anything you like all week, but on Sunday, as long as you say you're sorry, you're fine. And I'm not sure, I agree with you, I'm not sure that actually corporate social responsibility things are a good idea because in that respect, in that they give you a get-out-of-jail-free card. I would much rather have those corporations say, yes, we do have a responsibility to our shareholders, a responsibility to our, you know, to our employees and so on um, to maximize returns, but within a framework of ethical behavior in and of itself. Let's not create the problems in the first place that somebody else is going to spend their CSR budget on fixing. Um, and so, and, and that, that more enlightened thing of we're just not going to make things dirty in the first place so we don't have to pay for them to be cleaned up is, I think, will only come from a realization that a corporation is not independent of or disconnected from the geographical location or the community within which it operates. They just aren't. No matter how, how many layers of fiction or, or, um, or conceptual you know, thing that you want to create in your mind, people live in the real world. You know, why refute it thus, etc. So I think it's, I, I agree with you, actually. I think that, that sometimes that sort of CSR stuff, and especially when you see it from, say, big oil companies, where it's quite obvious what they're doing. I mean, it's super obvious that it's a PR-led thing. So that we, you know, we we for, you know we forgive everybody for the Gulf of Mexico because look they're sponsoring a school sports day. Um, 
I think is, is, is grossly imbalanced. And I would much rather have a thing where there was no co corporate social responsibility because there was no need to do it in the first place. I hope that. I definitely see it in a lot of the startups. Definitely. I definitely see it in a lot of the startups, a lot of the design companies, a lot of the, um, a lot of the people are making companies now which are, which, are, which are based on a form of kindness and compassion, not just, not just sort of in terms of, you know, in terms of things like carbon and in terms of things like pollution and so on, but also to each other. I think one of the interesting things that, that I'm doing a lot of studying at the moment is, is um, social compassion from corporations. Things like um, companies now which turn off their email server at 6 o'clock in the evening. It just makes the place better. You know? I know of one company, for example, who got a lot of venture capital funding. It's a very, very good company. Fabulous people. Got a lot of VC funding. And in the term sheet, in the, you know, in the agreement, they said, we shut in August. We've got kids, we're taking them on holiday. We're shut in August. And I, and I start to see that sort of gentler, yes, we have a duty to make money for our shareholders, but up to a point. And that point is what is good for our community, what is good for physical location, what is good for our families, what is good for our kids, what is good for future generations, and things like that. And I definitely see that, because, because people are increasingly aware of this. And the big difference, I would say, between maybe the generational difference and certainly the difference between, say, the city and, and Shoreditch is um, the thing of we have a duty to make money no matter what is seen to be a massive excuse, really. I mean, just a, like a moral failing, almost. So, you know, it's not the corporate social responsibility is an additional 10%. It's just a thing you do. Richard. Consumer pressure in, in what uh, in what sense? Well, I mean, it's one reason why corporations implement the yes. from apparent consumer pressure. Right. I just wondered whether you think this is an issue, or you know, as individuals, we're all consumers. Yes, oh, I think it's an I think it's an issue. In the in the in the inverse is the issue. The issue is companies that don't have CSR project, projects because they because they've made the decision that they're not feeling quite enough consumer pressure right now. And I think that's, that's the problem when you go down that line of saying, well, it's all right because consumer pressure will make us do it in the first place. It's, it's the people who are doing it. It's not necessarily the problem. It's the people who aren't doing it because they've, they've decided it's not really worth our time. And what those people are doing is removing themselves intellectually from the fact that they live on planet Earth. And you know, the idea that you have to wait to be told to be nice is something that was like slapped out of me when I was three. And I just don't understand why, you know, and, and, and you see this in smaller, you know, in small companies now who just set themselves up. I mean, admittedly, we're all, you know, super liberal leading, you know, hipster shortage types. And, and therefore, undoubtedly naive and, and all of that. Um, but I think there's a generational thing where people are going, why are you, what, you know, 
because because also this consumer pressure thing is 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 kind of um, I think it's also a way that PR companies sell stuff to you, right? So a PR company or a marketing company will say, oh, you know, you're going to come under a lot of uh, you're going to you're going to come under a lot of consumer pressure to be on Twitter. We can sort that out for you. It'll be hundred grand. No. Let me show you the consumer pressure you've got. You know, it, I think it's, it's made up. I think people should ask themselves why they're waiting for consumer pressure and then ask and ask and ask why, 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 until you get down to the bottom, which is, I don't really want to do it. And at that point, you're just going to have to do it. 